welcome to the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Barbara Fisher. Today I'm talking with Christina. She's an experiencer. She's an artist. She is a a a really cool person. Um, she's she's lots of fun and she's funny. And I'm really excited to talk with her because she has seen something that I have never seen, and I didn't know anybody personally who had seen one except one person who saw one as a kid, and it's kind of like, well, did you see it? Anyway, good to see you, Christina. How <laughs> yeah, are you, you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Good. Glad Excellent. to be here. It's, I was excited about it. I was like, this is somebody new to speak to. So, Yeah. Yeah. Vuk got us together yep. um, because he's, he's, he's like that. He likes yes. to introduce his friends to his other friends, and I understand that. I have that same you know, thing that I have to, oh, this person's so cool here. They have to meet and it'd be cool. Yeah. He's done it a couple of times for me and I've just been like, okay, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, he's a good yeah. judge of character. So we're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I like about him is he, he sniffs out the crud and, and doesn't, doesn't send the crud in your direction. <laughs> yep. And, and he makes no apologies for it. Just very, very you know, he's a very honest person, tells you who like yeah. it is. And I appreciate that. So definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So I'm excited that you're an artist because I don't get to talk art very often. So that's gonna be <laughs> <Me> fun. <neither>. <laughs> I know, right? Like but, the last time I spoke art was with Todd. So yeah. yeah. And that's that was the that was the episode that I heard that I was like, oh this lady's cool. So I have to talk with her. And yeah, I may I may know what I'm I, I'm talking about. I don't know. <laughs> Every time I listen to my own stuff, I'm like, wow, who is this person? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's, Why, it's how like, does she know what she's talking about? Yeah, what what happened there? Yep, I don't know. <laughs> so, so tell me how how you became an experiencer. Was it a an, a childhood thing or? Did it come later or how did it burst into your life um, or did it creep? Yeah. Um, it's so, it's a very long convoluted story. Well, not really convoluted. It's like, I, I've talked about this on other podcasts as well. Like if I had to be asked when all this stuff started happening, um, it was probably, I feel like I was always a weirdo. I just needed things to kind of like, provide the catalyst for it all mm -hmm. um and you know nine ten years old like what other things introduce you to the world of paranormal the world of strange is like family trauma like you know yeah. that always kicks it all off for a lot of people yeah. and that's what kicked it off for me um I ended up being staying with my grandmother a lot and at the time um, and this is like one of my favorite stories and I tell everybody because this is really what pushed me into it. Um, and it's also a highlight on my Instagram. Like I tell you the whole story too. Um, so we used to stay with her and she used to get like weekly world news and National Enquirer, you know, and back in the 80s, those were like really out there. And oh, weekly yeah. world news, I think it was weekly world news anyway. In the back is where the weird stories were, like the aliens and stuff like that. 
And right. so I would skip right through and go right to the back. And I'd be like, okay, what's good? What's it going to be this week? And I remember one of the first times I looked in that magazine was I saw a picture of the Flatwoods monster and was like, holy shit, this is amazing. I've never seen anything like this before in my life. And so then I read that story and then it became like a thing, like every week when I'd be over there, I would steal her magazine just to look at the weird stories. Like, you know, the second thing I saw, I want to say was Kentucky goblins, like the whole story with that. And that like just sent my little brain going. Um, I always giggle and I always tell people another story that I remember from that magazine is there was a picture and it's people call them core memories. And I guess this is a core memory for me. I don't know what this says for me, but Hey, um, there was a picture of a space alien, what we would consider a stereotypical gray alien. Mm -hmm. And it was sitting there. Somebody drew it. It was like pen and ink and they were sitting there and they had a kitten on its lap. And the title of the article was something like lonely space aliens are, are, you know, kidnapping our pets. Or something like that. <laughs> I, at least he wasn't. It was. That, that, <laughs> it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. Like I was like, "Holy cow!" And it, like I said, it's stuck up in here. Like this is core memory stuff for me. Um, oh, and another funny one that I I I read that scared the shit out of me and really made me lose sleep and was a story about this lady who would see glowing eyes outside her window and they were like people eyes um and the artwork attached to this article completely shook me like I was shook um but like little tidbits like that um getting that out of that magazine is what started me um and then I just started absorbing like I started reading UFO books and weird books like I read intruders at like I was like 10 maybe and oh. I read intruders which was kind of like that's like that's girl, hardcore what are you doing? creepiness <laughs> yeah um I was a little <laughs> I was a little like wow this is this is insane um but then I just kept on going like it was like close encounters of the third kind I would watch I watched for the first time when I was like 6 or 7 and, you know, like scared the crap out of me, like oh, yeah. the ending scared the crap out of me. But then by the time I was like 10 or 11, I was like, this is the best movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and two, that's a as, developmental thing, too. But, yeah. 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 It, and two, I was really weird. But <laughs> yeah. And two, I liked the message behind it. To me, it was really positive And I really liked that. But um, and then like it. 11 and 12, I was reading all these like paranormal books. The librarian would save things for me. You know, they would get like a weird book in and she would be like, I saved this for you. And I'd be like, thank you. This is amazing. <laughs> um, the Time Life books, The Mysteries of the Unknown, that series. Oh, yeah, that's a great series. Man, the UFO one was amazing. Like if yes. I close my eyes, I could still see art like pictures from it. And then the ghost one was pretty cool. And then there was another one that I read. But I I wore those out. Like, I checked those out from the library so many times. Um, I 
was reading creepy stuff too at the time because mm-hmm. I was just a little creeper. Um, I read Interview the Vampire at like 12 or 13 and thought it was Ooh. the best thing I've ever read. Well, yeah. So I read yeah. the rest of them, you know, because, you know, I didn't have a Completist. lot of vision. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, I was telling Todd on the other podcast, like, I went into like high school being a weirdo. So I would just write weird shit and draw <laughs> weird shit. And, like, yeah. I would write, like, weird vampire poems and freak yeah. out my classmates because it was fun. It was real <laughs> fun. Yeah. Like, I think I did a book report on Interview with Vampire and, like, completely set everybody off the deep end um, where a teacher was not happy. But I don't I don't care. Whatever. It's literature, people. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I just kept on going, you know. Like, I used the the paranormal the weirdness and art to cope with like being you know strange in high school and a lot of the teenage traumas that we all go through and whatnot and then that just kind of carried into adulthood um so yeah I've always that's how you got there yep (laughs) yeah as as I said to last week's guest that that kids in school can smell the strange on you they can smell the weird there's yep. it, there's no real hiding it, you know. They can they can feel it. They know it's coming, and so yep. you might as well just grab onto it and embrace it because eventually somebody's gonna throw you out of the weirdo closet, and there you'll be. Yeah, I was um, friends with like the strange kids, so I was good with it. Yeah, like we were all yeah. the delinquents and the you know the kids with trauma and you know the metal heads and the yep. kids that just didn't fit in we were all like one little you know delinquent amoeba yeah you know sliding around school causing trouble <laughs> <laughs> getting in trouble for wearing band t-shirts with bikini girls on it you know things like that so oh yeah that's that's going to bring down the the western civilization right there oh yeah yeah i yeah. i at one point so i grew up like i said in the 80s and I was a real big fan of like metal and everything, hair bands, you know, because we all were. Oh, yeah. yeah. I graduated in 1995 to kind of give you an idea of like my era. Right. And I remember a friend of mine gave me this Motley Crue t-shirt and it was from their Girls, Girls, Girls tour. Ah. And it was like the band with like a bunch of bikini girls. There was nothing <laughs> vulgar. And the first time I wore it to school... I was either given the choice to change into one of my gym shirts or go home. So I changed into one of my gym shirts. Um, I think I tried to wear it maybe five or six more times just because. (laughs) So I made a game of it. So I was like, well, let me see how far into the school day I can get with this shirt before somebody says something. And it got (laughs) to the point where I think the furthest I made it was like a little bit after lunch. And I was caught in the hallway and I had to turn it inside out. So... (sighs) Which kind of defeated the purpose because you could still see him, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but oh, yeah, people. so I dealt with that. And then, um, yeah, so, and then I was always drawing like unicorns and dragons. And I remember drawing stuff for my classmates who weren't weird, um, who were really weird. And they'd pay me to draw them weird stuff. So, yeah, high school was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember when I fir- got my first tarot deck 
and I, I took it to school. So I grew up in the 70s and I was in school in, the, in high school in the 80s. I graduated in 83. So to kind of give you a time period, time frame, and mm-hmm. it was West Virginia. So 1983 oh, was really kind of like 1973. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had 80s music, but it was still kind of parochial and kind of stiff and, you know. I mean, this when I was born in the 60s, it was still the 50s. And then when it, I got to the 70s and I was a kid, it was still the 50s mm-hmm. for a while. And then the 60s started happening around 1975 when disco started happening at and so, so it's you know, similar here so i get it everything was behind and mm-hmm. so um you know the, the people didn't really have a concept of of goth as a thing mm-hmm. in west virginia at that time but i took my first tarot deck and started doing readings for kids and that started all sorts of Michigas, crazy stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Turned out that my chemistry teacher also reads tarot decks. And so he would teach me, you know, tarot stuff when I was mm-hmm. being his lab assistant, which meant I sat in the lab and did homework, really, unless his first year students came in and, you know, needed me to smack their hands when they were trying to stick you know, bubble gum in the Bunsen burner or whatever stupid <laughs> crap they were going to try to do, you know, so that was cool. That was really cool. Nice. Um, but at the same time, it did make people look at me weirder than they already did look at me. So, Oh yeah. Like I used to, I I'm similar vein. Um, I got my first um, tarot deck at like 13. In fact, I still have it. Like I, it's over on my little shelf. Um, I used to be out at like recess when it in grade school, I find a cool rock and have to put it in my pocket. Oh yeah. Of me. yeah. Like I, you know, people just, yeah, I, it got to the point where I think a lot of my classmates, cause I grew up a lot with a lot of them all mm-hmm. the way through. Yeah. I think by like eighth grade, they were like, fuck it. This girl's weird. Might as well just deal <laughs> with it. Oh, uh, don't worry about her. She's just weird. Don't. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Like we would have contests like me and the other weirdos on like who who could be the weirdest and it all would come into like art class. We would have like weird showdowns in art class. Yes. Like who could make the most obnoxious thing ever. It was just, yeah, it it was a weird time. Let me tell you. (laughs) Yeah. And, and honestly, most art kids got looked at as, Oh, it's them. We had like, one art kid, he was really, really good at, um, he, he could draw anything. He was wonderful. But, you know, he liked a lot of the crazy um, comic stuff, mm-hmm. like, you know, the old 60s and 70s, R. Crumb stuff. That's what he yeah. liked. He But mm-hmm. he would draw, he would keep it on the lowdown when he was do- doing stuff for school. He was also a class clown, but he was actually popular. Because people didn't know about the art. Only the art kids knew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were the only ones who knew. <laughs> yep. It was like, it was like his hidden secret. Yeah. And only the, the weirdos could figure it out. And um, yeah. 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 And, and I was like, I don't understand people. You're clearly weird. You're clearly one of the weirdos. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't get it. But 
I used know. to paint my jeans and everything. Oh, and yeah. And people used to be, like, so weirded out by it. I'm like, it's just paint, folks. Like, what's the problem here? <laughs> jeans aren't made out of gold, y'all. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's fabric. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And we'd have to wear them, like, for many seasons, so I'd have to do something with them. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I reached that completely. So your did your grandma believe in the Weekly World News stuff, or, or was she like the one who read the front half and you read the back half? I, I think she got it because it was drama. Like, it was like just something people did back then. Right. Um, I live where I grew up, and but I moved away for like 20 years. I moved from here when I was 19, and then I came back a few years back. But um, people here, it's a very rural environment. It's like 20 years in the past. Like, you know, you stated. Like West Virginia, yeah. (laughs) um, West Virginia, so weird because I'm sorry, but Mothman is super goth. But that's beside the point. Um, That's just my feelings on the whole situation. (laughs) Yeah. Because I have characters for every, you know, I make up little backstories for all the characters and shit. Um, But, you know, we're like 20 years behind. I mean, it's conservative. Like, I I think she read it because it was outside the norm. And mm-hmm. it was like getting a taste of what was going on outside. But it was all really bizarre and strange. But it was like just the thing to do. It was more of entertainment for her. Right. Um, Everybody in my family was like that. It was entertainment. It wasn't like they took anything serious. I was the one. Like, um, last year, my brother came up. Um, he's five years younger than me and lives in Alabama. He came up and he stayed at this um, hotel that's reported to be very haunted. And he still stayed in the old part. And, um, you know, I was joking with him. I was like, you know, make sure you tell me in the morning if something pokes you in the back or flicks your lights on or whatever. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, it's supposed to be haunted. He's like, oh, psh, whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, I told you. I hope it happens now. And apparently nothing happened. So, yeah. Darn. But he doesn't believe in all that stuff either. So, it's just me. <laughs> well, and what's weird with, with me is I there were people on both sides of my family who had strange experiences. And my grandma also bought the Weekly World News, but that's because she thought it was hilarious. Yeah, um, I, I think it, that's part just, of it too. She just loved it when Bat bat baby showed up in the cave in West Virginia, man, she had to make sure and get every issue that, you know, involved bat baby, then bat boy, you know, as he grew up chasing people in cars and stuff. Yep. yep. How yeah. about the aliens meeting with like the president? Oh yeah. Oh, that was with, classic. With Bill Clinton. That yep. I, I loved that, but they didn't like Hillary. That's the part I remember. Yep, and I remember, yep, and I remember <laughs> way back in, like, the early 80s, like, they were meeting with Reagan. Oh, and, yeah. And, yeah, it was, like, a whole thing, like, these tall-ass-looking aliens, yeah. 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 They were, <laughs> and, they were yeah, like, six I, feet tall, and I was yeah. just like, oh, my God, this is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Ridiculous. Oh, my Graham was so funny when they met Clinton and and they they dissed Hillary, and and she was like that poor woman. 
Nobody. Yeah, like it's her. she took personal offense to it because the space yeah, alien yeah, she was like only oh. wanted to meet with the dudes. Yeah, yeah, personal like, offense. Yes, <laughs> she was she was so offended. She's like, even the people who write this crap can't stand her. Right? It's like now it's <laughs> fictional. It's fictional yeah. now. It's like it's a series. Like collect each one, keep up yep. with the story. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah, funny. she had piles of those piles. Now I wish I had them because I could use it in like, you know, collage. But <laughs> it would be, yeah, collector's collector's edition for sure. Uh -huh. Um Yeah, I um Yeah, once in a while, like my brother my brother's like really supportive when it comes to like my art and stuff, because a lot of my stuff is a little on the strange side. Um, it's like, you know, cryptids and paranormal and witchy stuff, but I, he, I don't think he believes in any of it really. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think deep down, maybe he does a little, but yeah. he's not going to tell me like, it's kind of yeah. like, and I haven't told him anything that I've seen or whatever. So yeah, maybe one day it'll be a conversation. We'll see <laughs> when some ghost pokes him in the butt. Hey, wake up. <laughs> I'm turning a on your lights for you. ghost goose gets him. <laughs> yep, honk honk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, it, my father-in-law is terrified of geese because they chase him, so. Well, they have you know. teeth. Yeah, they they have do. those ridges, man. They'll yeah, they're, chunk they're, out of you. They, they are pretty scary. They're nice to me, but animals like me, so whatever. Yeah, me too. Um, so, you see, weird the weird smell the yep. animals know they know animals know they know um so what kind of what kind of strange things have you seen um and and how did that affect the way you saw the world and the way you saw art or did it you know it may not have um uh well let me think here it's so hard to like think about things in the past and whatnot and try to get it together. So I guess like I've always been first and foremost, I've always been like a kid of the forest, like growing up where I grew up, we were always in the woods. We were always in the creeks. We were always in like near the rivers and lakes and stuff. Um, I was always in nature. I mean, it could be like, 30 degrees and I'm outside in the woods. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was crazy things that happened in the woods. Um, a lot of them to do with animals. Um, you know, I was talking to Todd earlier, you know, explaining to him, he made a piece today about a hawk. And I was just like, I, when animals show up, I listen and they, cause they always have something to say. Mm -hmm. um, like I've been in the woods before and been super close to a bear and not been, you know, afraid. I've seen herds of deer real close, like things like that. Eagles here. Um, so it like, I've always had that little bit of connection to like the nature world. And mm -hmm. to me, that's some of that is paranormal. Some of that is mm -hmm. like strange because it's so magical. Yeah. Um, that's why I think, I think the way I do about a lot of my artwork um, as far as like natural things besides the forest and the, you know, the animals and stuff like that. Um, when I first moved back here, maybe like six years ago, 
Um, we have about an acre of property behind the house that our house is on. And we're butted up right against the river. And at night, that whole back area is really dark. Like, it's super dark because there's no lights. Where we live, no light pollution. And one night before, like, it was like twilight. Like, it was still light, but it was starting to get dark. You right. could see shadows and stuff like that. Um, I was outside, out in the back, wandering around. And it was still nice out. It was still warm. And probably like August, I want to say. It was like in August. And I was in the back and I saw something move in the corner of my eye, like towards the other end of the property towards the river. Um, I thought it was a bear. I really did because we have bear coming through. We have deer. We have coyotes. We have all sorts of animals that use our backyard as like a throughway, like right. it's like animal highway or something. And I thought it was a bear. It was big enough to be like a black bear. But then it like walked out of the shed. I, I say walked, but it wobbled. It that's this is one of those weird things like you have to explain it in action words or it's like Or it doesn't not gonna connect. make sense. Yeah. So it looked like to me the shadow wobbled out of like deeper shadows. Right. And it was like this bigger, like, it was just like a shadow. It was almost like solid smoke almost. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it wobbled. Like, there was no feet. There was no nothing. It just wobbled into view. Um, at this point, I'm looking at it dead on because I'm still in my brain like, holy shit, that's a bear. But then I'm like, wait a minute. That's not a bear. Like, it left its shadow behind. Like, this is something different. And I could see things through it. Oh, and yeah. It looks like it just wobbled. It wobbled into view a little bit. And like I said, it was twilight. It wasn't like super, super clear, but it was clear enough to see this. And I remember just standing there and I kind of backed up a little bit and got behind a tree. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> just that's a little fine. bit. Yeah. Just in case I was seeing you know. things and it was a bear. Like, you know, yeah. Up here, you know how to handle these animals. And it was not a bear. Um, I was not afraid. I just was cautious. And I believe it was some sort of nature elemental. Like I, I had like a feeling like it was part of what whatever was there. Like it belonged right. there and I was privy to it stepping out from where it normally is. Like maybe right. it always takes that route or something. And I just happened to be there. Um, shortly after I saw it, it kind of just like it fizzled away. Like it just kind of like dissolved and it was gone. And then right. it started getting darker and I left. Um, another time. So that was that first thing. Um, another time I was on my way home one night. I used to work super late. So this was like, well, shit, super late to me is like 10 o'clock people. Okay. <laughs> like, Tick tock. I'm turning into a pumpkin. But um, about 1030 one night, it was winter, so it was it was snowing, and I was going down this little side road um, in the country, dark, everything's white from the snow, my headlights are the only source of light. Um, I've told a couple people this, and they're just like, what? That doesn't make sense. And I'm like, but it makes sense to me. Um, I was coming around a corner. Um, mind you, there's a lake on one side down over a bank, like further out, there's no 
houses around or lights where I was. It was all farmland, like cows and stuff. Right. I come around the corner and my lights, my headlights catch something. Um, so I slowed up, think it's a, de- a deer, because you know how they right that like, yeah jump out in front of you, and it wasn't a deer. So I stopped and my headlights like glimmered off this whatever it was, and I slowed down and I finally stopped, and it looked like it looked like a clear box almost but it was like shimmery Mm -hmm. and and, but still see through and it kind of just like floated in front of my car and it was catching my headlights a little bit there was nothing in it like you know how people talking about like orbs and stuff when they see UFOs and stuff oh there's plasma or there's light source this the only light source that this thing was reflecting was from my high my headlights right um I flicked my high beams on just to see what it would do because, yeah. you know, it didn't do anything. It just, it was like, it didn't, whatever it was, it was like, I, I don't care that this person's here. I, I have stuff to do. So it just <laughs> kind of floated across in front of me and like floated over the bank and it was gone. So I backed up a little bit to where it was safe to kind of pull over for a minute. Cause this, like I said, this was a curb. And or a curve. So put my car in park. I get out, turn off my headlights, and I'm just standing there to see if I hear something. Because I'm like, what if this is something I want to see it? You know? Yeah, probably right. probably crazy, but I these things don't scare me. Um, if a person would have walked in front of me, oh hell no. I'm not Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> no. But this thing, hey, I'm gonna check this out. So I probably stood there for like 10 minutes and nothing. There was no sound. It didn't come back. As far as I know, um, pitch black. I'm just waiting for something to happen. Nothing. So I get in my car, turn my headlights back on. Didn't see it. Didn't see it again. And I went about my business just wondering what the hell this was. Um, it wasn't like a, a an exact box. It more of looked like it was box shaped like a square mm-hmm. and it was like the outside was like bowed a little bit. So it looked like it was like maybe crinkly or something. Squishy maybe. Yeah. Like crinkly yeah. or squishy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like with you being an artist too, I can explain that. And you're like, yeah. Oh, so you, so, the, so the, the sides bowed out a little okay. bit. Exactly. Like it looked so like. So they were bent a little. Exactly. It looked like if you were to touch it, maybe it would be like one of those beach balls. You know how beach balls yeah. have this like tactile, yeah. like rubbery. Yeah, I feel like it would have been like that. That's interesting. So that happened, and then um, there was another time. I had to take my mom to the emergency room. Her pancreas was acting up, and she was really sick. And they had ended up ad- admitting her, and this is about two years ago. They ended up admitting her, and around four a.m., I had to head home. It was cold out, um, so it was really dark. And, you know, when it's really cold, it the darkness seems to be a little bit more than it would normally be. Yeah. Um, on my way home, rural roads, nobody's out there. Bigfoot could walk out in front of me for all I know, and I wouldn't be shocked. That's how dark and, you know, desolate this area is. Yeah. Um, I'm driving over the top of a hill, coming down a hill, 
and I'm approaching like this whole little group of um, very tall pine trees, like really big, tall, tall pine trees. The moon's not out. It's just dark. All I see is stars. Right. And I see what looks like stadium lights above the tree line. It's not moving. So what I assume it to be is fracking. Like they set up. Yes. Those big lights. The big the lights. lights. Exactly. So I'm just like, well, maybe it's just that. It's like four o'clock in the morning. They're probably working. They do this stuff in the cold. You know, whatever, whatever. I get closer and the thing has changed position. Like it's oh. moved and it's over. And I'm like, wait a minute. Am I just tired? What's going on? But it looked like stadium lights and it was illuminating some of the trees. So I knew it was above the trees at that point because if it would have been behind the trees, it wouldn't have been illuminating them like it was. Like it was above the trees. And knowing what I know about things, like I was just like, okay, that's what that is. So I kind of stick around a little bit to watch it. I'm exhausted by this point. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'm just seeing things. I've been up for a very long time. Yeah. Go home. I'm driving away from it. Um, I look in the rearview mirror. It's still there. It's changed position again. It's gone over a little bit more. And I'm like, okay, you know, let's be reasonable here. <laughs> it's very late. Let, let's go home. Get the dogs taken care of. Let's get a little bit of sleep. So I got home and everything. Thinking about this whole situation. Like, what the hell could this be? Well, knowing that it was over near like farmland and stuff, I'm like, you know what? It's probably a fracking light. And I'm just like thinking things, you know, one of those work lights. I'm just being weird. So the next day I drive up through there. There's no, there's no fracking. Like there's no, it's land. Like there's no reason for a light to be up there. And I went up through there like five hours later. Like, did they move it? No, they wouldn't have had time to move all that. No, the, the so, equipment would still be there. Exactly. So some that was something. That was definitely something. Um, there's been times, like, growing up, there were some things that happened that I can't explain. Like, weird little feelings and such. Mm-hmm. Um, here, now, um, like, in this house, sometimes I'll hear beeping noises. Like, it's, like, the weirdest thing. Like, I hear a beep. And I'll be like, this damn smoke alarm. I swear. And then I'll be like, wait a minute. It's not a smoke alarm. I know what that sounds like. It'll just be beeping. And sometimes I'll see random flashes of light. Mm -hmm. And then um, another cool thing that people are always challenging me on um, is since I was little, I have what I call my shadow folks that are always there. Well, they're not always there, but they're always around me and I can tell mm-hmm. they're around me, but they've always been there. So I'm not scared of them. Um, but like they just hang out. And I think when I tell people that that unsettles them a lot and they're like, well, shadow folks are bad. And I'm like, mine aren't like mine are not bad. And they're not always there. Right. But there's been times where I've had to walk home like in the city or, you know, walk through a parking garage. And I don't, I'm not afraid because I feel like there's always somebody following me, but it's one of them. Right. Like I've walked home in the dark before and I felt totally fine because I felt like I always had somebody at my back. 
if that right. makes sense. Yeah, so that's, that makes sense. So that's one of those weird little things. Um, I always joke and say when I my shadow folks go away, they go on vacation because um, <laughs> they're not always there. Like sometimes they're here and sometimes they leave for a while. Um, they're usually in the shadows. Um, Vuk has asked me if I see them out the corner of my eye or if I look at them directly. I look at them directly and they're there. Right. Um, I've never, I've, I've only had one instance where I've had them come close to me. So I don't know exactly how this, what they are, what's going on with that. But mm-hmm. I've had one stand right next to my bed. Oh. Like right in front yeah. of my TV. And I saw like the shadow flicker and kind of walk, but not mm-hmm. walk because they're not really people shaped. They are, but they right. aren't. It's so strange to try to explain this. <laughs> so do they do they morph as they walk? Is that what you mean about they're people shaped but not? No, they're do about they sort of. I'm sorry. They're about um, they're about people height, but mm-hmm. a couple of them are shorter, right? And they've just got like the general like shape. Like there's no, I can never see any like arms or anything like that. So it's like a head and a torso and legs. Yeah, kind of it's like, like general, you can see sort yeah. of shadow shoulders. Exactly. Right. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Like it's they're very nondescript. They look like, you know, the little people, the Fisher Price little people. Yeah, yeah. They kind of look sort of like that. Oh, okay. Like if, okay. if that makes sense. People yeah, no, that does real, make sense. Yeah, when I say this, people get real freaked out because they're always like, oh my God, you know what shadow people do? And I'm like, there's different types of shadow people. Let's not crack on the shadow people right now. <laughs> like, come on Let's now. Let's not piss mine off. Thank you. Yes. Like, you know, <laughs> come on now. They got to deal with me. They got their hands full. Um, There's, yeah, I mean, just little strange things like that, you know, ha- happen to me. Like animals show up right in front of me. Like they'll just come right up to me. Yeah, And, you know, like I've had a vulture land right in front of me and just stare at me. And I'm just like, yo, dude, what do you need? Um, Another story where I had a mama, a doe and her baby follow me. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had crows like, you know, sit there and stare at me. I've had an owl perch, you know, right outside my window in a tree and just like keep me company all night and hoot at me all night um you know i've just had all these little weird little things happen um i think the most maybe the most impressive i don't know if it's the most impressive but the most the one that made me the most uncomfortable was the mib incident yes yes um everything else i handled because it was nature it was something i was used to um Mm -hmm. my supposed mib one was the most unsettling out of all of them. So man in black for those who don't know what MIB is. Yeah. You better recognize people. No, <laughs> <laughs> no you better get with the lingo. No, um, <laughs> not everybody's weird like us, you know? Um, so yeah, that was about my un- most unsettling um, thing that happened to me. Um, there were some things in high school that happened, but they weren't unsettling. They were like really kind of like um, they were brought on by substance use um, because yeah. I was a very crazy child. But um, the MIB one was just like, I still think about it. 
and I could still remember parts of it, like it was clear as day. And I still think about what did I do to make this happen? You know how people like are, you know, the stereotypical thing we know about MIBs is, you know, you get too close to the truth or, you know, you dig up knowledge that they don't want you to have or you have multiple visitations or whatever, whatever. Um, I wasn't doing any of that. I was basically, uh, to my opinion, I was basically, I was going to write a book about experiencers, UFO, alien abduction experiencers. And basically all I did was meet people and take their stories. Like right. I, be, I was like, a, 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 I was taking down their stories. Mm-hmm. I wasn't editing them. I was just listening to them talk. Um. I did that for about two years. This was like 20 years ago and more, more like 22 years ago. Like it was a while ago. So I would meet people like at coffee shops and stuff like that because it was before we really, really got into the internet. Like, right. I, I didn't have the internet days early. Yeah. I didn't have a yeah. computer for a while. So it, it, it's been a minute, you know? Yeah. Um, and two, I like seeing people and talking to people. Um, so I would just basically compile their stories and stuff and then think about like how in relation, like what the hot spots were and everything like that. So I worked in downtown of the city I used to live in and it's a very big popular city in North Carolina. And on my lunch break, I think it was like a Wednesday. I went into downtown and I went to the credit union to conduct some money business and get in there it's a smaller branch the parking lot's fairly small and there's only one entrance in and out so that'll come in like that'll be important later parking lot's full it because it's lunchtime i go inside i wait in line i do what i gotta do i come out now there's people in the building like there's a bunch of people in the building i come out and the parking lot's just about empty but there's tons of people in the building So I'm just like, whatever. I didn't think anything of it. So I'm walking out to my car. My car is parked up right near the entrance and exit. So I would see people going in and out of the parking lot. Walking to my car, got my key out. This was before the clicker. I didn't have a fancy clicker car. Yeah. Um, It still had roll-up windows, like crank windows. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, the ones that you just feel like you're rolling it forever. Yep. Yeah, kids will have to look that up apparently, you know, because they they're not gonna know apparently what that is. Um, <laughs> my daughter only did because I had a car like that. But I'm walking out to my car and I'm going to unlock it, and something tells me to look up. And so I look up, and I kind of scan the parking lot, and I look over, and underneath trees in the back part of the parking lot is this old black-looking car, like this boat, all right? Right. And I'm just like, whatever. It was like the trend to back then to drive, like, old police cars and stuff. Like, oh, it yeah. Because yeah. they could get a hold of them, and it was what they did. And so I thought that's all it was. So I'm unlocking my door look up again and the windshield the window of this car rolls down and there's a guy in there well what i presume to be a guy and he's in all black wearing a hat from what i can tell looks really pale got the sunglasses on and he's staring at me and i'm just like whatever this guy's just a creeper 
but it's then not a the bad feeling, thought. Exactly. The feeling hits me like something is not good. Like I went into full on panic mode and mm. this guy is just glaring at me from across the parking lot. Oh no. So I'm like, holy fuck, I have to get out of here. So I'm unlocking my door. I'm throwing my bag in there. I'm getting in and I'm looking up in my rear view mirror. This guy's still got his light, his, you know, window rolled down. He's staring. Look up again. Still terrified. The window's up. Oh, okay. Get myself together. I'm looking around constant. Like I'm constantly looking. I'm right by the entrance and exit. Right in front of the credit union is an intersection. It is packed solid with cars. Like it's super busy. Right. I look up again. And this is like an annotated like short version. Like without mm-hmm. some of the details. Because they weren't that important to the story. Just in case anybody's heard this on another podcast. Um, but it's basically like I'm panicking. Trying to get myself together. Get my bag you know, situated like we have to do. And I look up again and he's gone. The car's gone. Everything's gone. And I'm Mm. just like, what the fuck? So I look over. I didn't see him go outside. Like, he didn't leave the parking lot. You didn't see him in the traffic. I didn't see him in the traffic. I even got out of the car and ran up and looked. I didn't see him anywhere. And he would have been stuck trying to get out. Yeah. There was no way he could have got out of the parking lot because there was concrete embankment like he wouldn't have been able to like climb the sidewalk and get out that way it would have tore the car up right it it was just like one of those things like it was the weirdest fucking thing and i had this unsettling like weird feeling for like days and trying to figure out what this was because i was like this creeper creeped on me so hard that i felt it weeks later i'm like holy fuck what if it was this because I was reading some article about MIBs and they did a description of them and everything. And I was like, holy crap, maybe this is what it was. Holy shit. I like (laughs) that you didn't immediately go, that's a man in black. I know what that is. It's evil. And I'll be paranoid forever. Yeah. No, you figured it out later because you happened upon an article and yeah. Yeah, throughout my yeah. research, I found some details on that because I wasn't too familiar with them at that point because, right. you know, it, we're not, we weren't in the true internet age like we are now. Yeah. But I just thought it was a creeper, like a weird fucking creeper. And maybe I missed them going out or something. And I was younger. This was the city. I hate to say it, but we were used to that kind of thing. Like I was going to say, everywhere. yeah. Young um, women and creepy guys, it's a thing. It's like a thing you just kind of deal with it. But the way this guy made me feel, if he was a guy, may not have been, been a human being for all I know. But the way he made me feel was just so crazy. Like, it was just like, holy shit, who is this person? Like, I really felt terrified. Like, yeah. and it was way different than any sort of like cat calling or harassment I'd experienced in the city from like true creepers um but yeah so like a couple weeks later i was just like okay this is probably what it was and then i started like thinking about okay what did i do to try to like attack you know attract attention to me because Mm -hmm. they didn't say anything to me they just kind of gave me a stare down 
Yeah. Um, and all I was doing was I was taking stories from people who had these experiences. I was like, you know, going to UFO conventions and, you know, documenting stuff on that. Like I wasn't digging like some people dig, you know, right. we got stories of these people like where, you know, they get raided in the middle of the night and all their stuff is taken of all their right. research. It wasn't like that for me. I mean, I was researching, but it was more of like I was going to be the messenger. Like right. I was taking these people's, you know, what they'd been through and I was going to compile them, use data off that and kind of put it into this book somehow. Um, so, yeah, to this day, like, I'm like, that's the only explanation like I can come up with based on things that I learned about yeah. what happened and now knowing what I know about this this particular subject I feel that that's probably what it was what this person was mm -hmm. um it's never happened again where I've seen a person like this um I got out of doing all that like maybe like a year or two later you know, life caught up with me and I had to do stuff. I was raising a young child and everything. So, you know, I had to do a lot of stuff with her. So, yeah, I mean, that was one of those situations where it stuck with me and I still think about it. Like yeah. every time I see a black car, I'm like, like one of those <laughs> old police cars. Like yeah. I'm just like, yeah. It was so it was just a crazy situation. Um, some people have suggested like time travel, like I, did I get stuck in like a time loop or something? And I'm like, but it doesn't make sense. Like everything was normal until I got back out into the parking lot and there was mm -hmm. this dude, like it, it yeah. just like things didn't and slow down. And it wasn't down. like the whole parking lot was changed. Yeah. It was just less cars. Yeah. But the people inside, maybe they carpooled with each other. You know what I mean? It was lunchtime. Like, people were, like, driving around getting lunch and stuff. They probably were riding with each other. So, it wasn't, yeah. like, you know, anything strange to me as far as, like, yeah. all the other stuff going on around it. It was just this weird dude in a car that disappeared, and I didn't see them. Yeah, that, so. that's, yeah. <laughs> it was really strange. Yeah, that would have unnerved the heck out of me. I would have been like, oh, what what was that? No. <laughs> yeah. And 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 you know, I would have if they would have just been a creeper, they would have either sat there, rolled up their window and left me alone and I would have been able to leave, or they would have pulled out of the, you know, thing, slowed up next to me and said something smarmy. Or they or would have tried like, to block your car. Exactly. Or they would have just driven off through this exit entrance that was right, literally right next to me where I could see yeah. them. Yeah. And they did none of that. Um, oh. That now I know what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> I would have probably yelled across the parking lot, what's your problem? What Can yeah. I help you with something? Why are you staring so hard? You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd be a little bit more, you know, confrontational because that's what kind of person I am. But, you know, I hear noise out back in the dark. What's going on back there? You know, it's just <laughs> <laughs> you you coyotes move along. You don't need to party yeah. my. Yep. Get going. I'm trying to sleep here. I got to work in the morning. But, you know, it's like 
yeah, at that particular time in my life, it was terrifying. It was a real crazy situation. Oh, so. yeah. Now, see, unfortunately, I would have instantly gone to That's a Man in Black because I'd, I'd already read lots and lots from uh, Gray Barker and yeah. and uh, John Keel. So I would have instantly been like, oh. And then what I have approached, spoken, I don't know. I don't know. It would depend on what age I was and what stage of paranoia I was at at that <laughs> particular moment, you know. But, yeah, the, the fact that he basically, he and his giant car disappeared. Yeah, it was like... In that span of time. Yep. It was the weirdest thing ever. Like, and then I started thinking back, like, okay, so, you know has have I watched anything have I seen anything and then it made me giggle because um if you've seen the movie men in black yeah the car they drive the super yeah. car they drive yeah I, I it made me giggle so much because the car this this other guy was driving was not like that at all like it was no. it looked like a mundane regular ford like yeah. it was not anything other than that um also like i said i wasn't super familiar i that was the movie it came out in like what 96 i'd seen that yeah. movie, like but i that was the that was the extent of my knowledge of them really like right. everybody I interviewed never had an experience with them as far as i could you know tell at that particular time um i think had i known more information about them I would have probably maybe gone there and been like, oh, my God, this is what it was. But, yeah, knowing what I knew at that particular time, like, I didn't have a lot of knowledge based off that to make a determinant, you know, determine that that's what it was. So, if that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah. The beeping that you talked about, that mm -hmm. one, that's one of those weird, subtle things that, I've experienced that since I was a kid. Um, and my mom occasionally would have, do you hear that beep? Do you yeah. hear that high pitched beep? You know, my dad would be like, I don't hear anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, and a friend and, of mine, my best friend, she gets the beep too. She hears the beep too. Um, she's a psychic medium though. So I'm thinking hers is probably coming from something else, but yeah, like I hear noises um, mm -hmm. I smell things that aren't there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's strange. Once in a while I hear my name being called and I'm like, all right, y'all. What you <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to sleep here. That's rude. It's rude as hell. Get your own snack. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. don't bother me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. You make a, you make a boundary with these yeah. things. If yep. you're trying to sleep, they don't need to be messing with you no nope. don't need to be doing that stuff yeah the beeping i think the weirdest beeping that i've ever heard a story about is actually morgana's and it was in this this apartment that her boyfriend lived in when they first got together and she would spend the night and it was messed up that was the only place where she ever saw the grays um she and boy does she she has no truck with them doesn't like them doesn't have anything to do with them um and it it just 
they would have these weird, horrible night terrors there. Mm -hmm. And he had never had night terrors in his life. And uh, yeah, so there was something there. And that building has since been torn down, which we're all like, yay, good. That was bad. That was bad. Um, she and he had, had just started to fall asleep mm-hmm. and he jumps, you know, awake and is like, did you hear that? And Morgana said, yeah, I wonder where the truck is. And he's like, what truck? Mm-hmm. And she said, there's a truck backing up. It's, it beeped. It was yeah. like, beep, 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 beep. And he's like, it was a baby crying. And then she was like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so I'm going to get some incense and, and just, you know, <laughs> cleanse this space. This is not, I don't like that. Well, you know, like in not popular UFO lore, but in previous cases, um, people have heard beeping. Mm-hmm. Like before an abduction and beeping after an abduction. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like it was like a signifier, like, okay, start of an event, the end of an event, you won't remember it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it was like a, a signifier of like, you know, this missing time or whatnot. Right. Um, for me, it just randomly happens. Like yeah. I don't believe that I've ever had like an abduction or anything. Um, it's me. It's like, I randomly hear it. So I don't know if I'm hearing something that, um, maybe, you know, goes along with the whole fact that I smell things that aren't there. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know if it has something to do with that. Um, but I, I don't think mine's like alien related. I wish. Yeah. I have a lot of questions for those little buggers. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'd be like, you might as well have a seat because I got a notebook. Let me get this pen out and start writing <laughs> it down. Um, but yeah, like I feel like my like flashes of light, my beeping, my smells, I think it has something to do with something else. I don't think it has anything to do with like aliens or anything like that. Um, and two, knowing what I know and from, you know, being really familiar with the subjects. Um, I think that's more of like maybe possibly on like a psychic level or something. Like maybe I'm getting something from out there. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I do rely on my intuition and stuff a lot. So maybe that's that. Like I'm open yeah. to something else. Yeah, that could be. You know, so and as far as like, you know, the grays only coming by for the boyfriend in that building. Like... Maybe that's the only time he remembered. Yeah. Like maybe they were always visiting. Yeah. There's a lot of people that get visits all their life and they never, ever, ever remember until something triggers them. Right. Or like the energy of a place, you know, exposes them so much that this, these memories pop out. Right. So it was something like that. Um, I, I'm. I understand when people are just like, they don't like gray aliens or anything like that. And I understand that people have negative experiences with them. Um, For me, though, it's almost like I look at it like, are they a negative experience or are they an experience where these creatures don't understand us? And it's negative because they don't understand us. 
and yeah. they're actually trying to be more positive. But like, they have no clue. <laughs> no clue. Because, I mean, like we talked off air, like human beings are animals. We're just animals. We think we got it figured out, but we're really complicated. Um, I have a very positive view on a lot of the paranormal, like on most of the paranormal. Um, yeah. Because I, I don't know, I feel like I feel like it's nature. I feel like it's magic. Like it's it's more positive. There's more positive to positivity there than there is negativity. Um, and when it comes to my art, that's why my art's the way it is. Like it's more right. I try to make more positive um, things to it. So right. <laughs> if that makes sense, I just did like no. a whole ass brain dump on you. <laughs> yeah. No, it does make sense. Well, talk about talk about your art since you brought it up and and it does that's that's one of the things I really liked when I heard you on Todd's podcast was that the positivity and then drawing cryptids and you know, go go for it. Um, so basically like I always joke with Vuk and them. Um, I really try to draw scary things. It just does not happen. <laughs> like, I feel like a big part of me, I channel a lot of nature and magic and stuff. Mm -hmm. and I also channel a lot of like, what if these animals actually existed? And what would their personality be? How would they react? Would they have a job in nature? You know, things like that. Like, I try to draw things scary. It doesn't, it just doesn't happen. So I maybe, <laughs> maybe it's not meant to be scary. Maybe that's my thing. Like, I'm representing. Right. Them in their own like natural light like a not deer trying to draw a not deer and it comes out and it's like looking like a freaking like deer wizard I'm like really I can't <laughs> make, be scary like what the hell man um draw animals with like three eyes they're not scary that's cool you know um, <laughs> I wish I had three <laughs> I know right like woohoo um so when I draw cryptids um, I tend to think about them as if they were like a natural creature, not mm -hmm. that, you know, they're like some paranormal thing, um, like Jersey devil. I'm going to bring that up. So Jersey devil is apparently this kid that was born and turned into like some weird demon devil creature that is supernatural. Um, when I draw the Jersey devil, I take that out. I still think about its whole or origins and everything, mm -hmm. but I think about it as is if it was an actual creature. Like, what if this creature actually existed, had to live in the Pine Barrens, had to live in, you know, every day, fend for itself, eat, everything like that. So I think about like, okay, what does it need to survive? Um, what's the, what, what does the nature around it look like? You know, um, is it going to be a, a nocturnal creature or is it going to come out during the day? Like I start thinking about all these things, put those into the drawing, and then I tend to add a little bit more of the paranormal back into it. Mm -hmm. But what I'll do is I'll do like some more magic. Like I'll add like moons somewhere or I'll make it have, you know, some sort of like a magical little thing. Um, give it a little bit of an edge. Um, Flatwoods Monster, like everybody's a lot of people 
when they draw it, they draw it as this mechanical creature, like this mechanical robot. I tend to think of it more as like, that's its suit. Yeah. Like it landed, it's this little creature and it needed protection and it needed protection from whoever, whether it be us or the environment, but it's still a creature. And maybe it's thinking like, how did I end up here? Like, what am I going to do now? Like I try to like come up with like a little backstory for each of their little personalities and I think of that backstory while I'm drawing them. Like a few years ago, I do, you know, Flatwoods Monster. I was like, well, obviously she's magical. Um, mm-hmm. and I've named her. Um, I call her Francine. Like people who know I like me, that. Like, you're talking about Francine. I'm like, yes, Francine Flatwoods Monster. Um, I drew her as a space witch because my I had this whole little story for her where... It wasn't like she was this alien that landed here and was just here to hurt people or anything like that. She landed here because she was going to teach space magic because she was a space witch. And she had to think of, you know, she had to have pupils. So naturally, what other crazy cryptids out there that were like, what the hell is it? Uh, Fresno Nightcrawlers. So yeah. I think her basically educating a bunch of little Fresno night crawlers on how to do magic. Like that's to me, wonderful. that's like her little thing, like, you know, and she's going to go to another dimension or whatever and teach more creatures this. Um, there was another, me and Vuk did an episode of Tracing Owls like way back um, about this creature called the Ice Gadunk, which we found like a paragraph on and there's like right. one little drawing of him, And he's just like, you should draw this. And I was like, Oh shit. Um, it, I basically did the same exact thing. Okay. If this creature existed, how would it do this? All these other pictures of it that people drew, there's not very many. It, it was basically a seal looking creature with a wheel on its tail on its butt. And that's right around. Well, I went and I dug even deeper. I was like, okay, what if it's a seal? But what if it's like a prehistoric seal? And what if its tail is not a wheel, but it's round like a dinosaur would have? You know what I mean? Like, I really right. like, and, and, you know, to drag itself around, it's not going to w- use its tail too much, but maybe it's got two sets of flippers. You know what I mean? Right. To this whole thing where I drew it like it could actually exist. Like, it had means to exist basically right go hunting for fish it had means to like do whatever i had to do um it still was really out there and really supernatural paranormal and whatnot but it still was natural it still had a natural function right that's why i came up with like my recent thing the cryptid fae like I wanted each one of these little creatures to be more natural and each have like a little thing that they do. And yeah, I use my little natural connection and yeah. <laughs> just, just design it around yeah, what like, you think it, it would be. Exactly. That's why I try to draw all my little critters. Like I draw them very, I try to give them personality and I try to give them a job. I try to give them voice. 
basically. Right. So, and try to sort of draw them like nobody else has drawn them. So. Right. That's, I, I really like that. And I like that you, you mix and match cryptid and fae, you know, and you, you, you make them part of an environment. My favorite though is Francine. I just think it's amazing <laughs> that, cause I think of the, the Flatwoods monster as female too. Mm-hmm. Um, probably because it has that skirt like shape to it. And then it has I don't think of it as a spade-shaped head. I think of it as there's a weird little bonnet going on. Yeah, it's totally her updo, her beehive. Yeah, um, yeah. or she's got hair, you know, that that does something up there. She's got the going on. Um, I think of her as female because I think of her as really connected to nature, you know, Mother mm-hmm. Nature. Um, that's how I think of her. And when I first started off with the Cryptid Fae, like, in my brain... She was the first one I wanted to draw was Francine, um, Flatwoods Monster. She was the first fae that was going to happen. And I I drew her, like, very natural. Like, if you're out in your garden and you were looking around and you saw this little creature, I wanted it to be like you would just see this little creature and think she's another bug. Or something out there doing something that she's going to do. Like gathering nectar or whatnot. You know. I I tried to make her as natural as possible. Um, That's why I omitted some of the things that we typically think of the Flatwoods monster. But I still left some things that recall the pop culture parts of her. Right. Um, And then I kind of went from there with that. But yeah, Flatwoods monster is always going to have like that space for me. because. you know, it was the first thing that brought me into the paranormal. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's 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 interesting and awesome. Um and and the story is interesting. The you know, yeah. the the story of of how it was noticed and all of all of the weirdness surrounding it is is really cool. Yeah. Um what kind of materials do you use to to do your art? Do you do digital or do you do messy? I do messy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I was traditional at first. So I use messy stuff like pens, paper, markers, you know, paint, everything. Um, right. And then I got my hands on an iPad and... <sighs> Uh, you know, Procreate and Apple Pencil, and I, I basically took off from there. Um, I still like doing traditional art. Like, I still like feeling paper. I like hearing the pencil scratch on the paper. Yeah, that's a, a good sound. Yeah, and the smell of paper and everything and erasing things. But I, I like digital because I feel like it's helped me level up the craft for me. Like, when I go to draw something, I think it out in my brain. Like, I have an idea of what I want it to look like. And sometimes with traditional medium, like, it was really hard to get it to look like I wanted it to look. Because, you know, I'm good, but I still have things that I'm working on. You know, we always practice. We are always learning. 
sometimes, yeah. you know, I don't have the skills that somebody else may have and that's okay. But when I got onto digital, you know, it was less messy. Like I could sit in, you know, the lunch room at work and draw. Um, yeah. I can do draw anywhere with my iPad and I'm not getting, you know, dumping paint water, or drinking it. And, um, <laughs> It's like with this, I have so many options. I have so many brushes. Um, getting things printed out for prints so much easier. Designing oh, yeah. t-shirts and stuff like that so much easier. Um, when I finished um, the Floodwoods Monster Fay, it looked damn near close to what I had in my brain. Yeah, it was just like, and I think I used like thirty brushes on that piece alone, like 30 different types of brushes. And yeah, I mean, it looked perfect. It looked exactly how I wanted it in my head. So yeah, I mean, I still like to sketch in my sketchbook and everything. A lot of these start off in my sketchbook, but man, digital has been so easier, so much easier for me in terms of like portability and cleanup and everything. So yeah. See, I got to do that. I I keep, thinking I got to do that. I got to learn it. I got to learn it. And I've come close, come <laughs> close, but then I'm doing so many other things. And yeah. then it's like, oh. I think it's so. like, I think it's just another facet to learn. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think, I think people, sometimes people think that if they don't learn digital art or they don't step on the procreate bandwagon, that they're not really expanding in their art, but that's not true. Like, I think your art's valid no matter what you do. Um, If all you draw with is pencils and paper, that's fine. Like if you never ink your artwork, that's fine. That's your artwork. Um, If you only use crayons, that's fine. That's your artwork. Um, Yeah. Some people like to draw digitally and it works for them, but they don't, they're not really serious about it. Some people that I've seen only draw digitally because that's where they're most comfortable at. Um, and some people don't want to use it at all, which is totally fine too. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's a personal preference. It's like what you want to personally do. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I look, I mean, my husband has a degree in digital art. Mm-hmm. So he, he has a uh, master's in that. And he, he does stuff with it that, you know, you just, it looks like it's real media when you first look at it Um, because he's using watercolor ink, you know, all of the techniques that he would be using, but it's so much easier because, you know, there's, do you do the ink first or do you do the watercolor first? Well, which is, which is better. And and then, and then he'll also do little bits to make something look like a piece of uh, uh, quilting. So like a Mm -hmm. quilt and it's, it's little patterns that he's, you know, cooked up or found or, you know, and, and it just, it's so much easier than sitting there and drawing a quilt. Oh, and yeah. then he can turn it, then he can just take that pattern and pop it onto a garment mm-hmm. and he didn't have to sit there and go, he can just yep. draw the folds and stuff over it with the ink. And it's really funny because when you print his stuff out, at first you look at it and go, oh, that's really good. That's a comic art. You know, it's really uh, this watercolor and ink and wait a minute. 
Then you're like, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. And early on, before, you know, everybody in the world was doing um, digital stuff, yeah. it, it really did kind of flummox people. You mm -hmm. know, they'd just be like, uh, how did you? And then, you know, they'd figure it out. And then my kid, Fox, is 16, and I'm pretty sure they started using the iPad at like eight, maybe yeah. seven, maybe Makes six. Sense. Yep. And they're fluid with it. Yeah. It's just like, you know, and, and they can take it to school. And it's not just a sketchbook, you know, they can make a fully realized piece of art. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it's funny because I still am doing mixed media over here with all the messy stuff. Uh -uh. And Zach is over here doing the digital stuff and Fox is right in the middle and does both. Yeah. And, and I think in a lot of ways to him, it's just another tool or it's just another medium to learn yeah that's and, how i feel yeah and and it's just really natural watching them do it and you know it's it's really cool because they're like ma you could learn it you just you just need the time to sit down and and practice it but you could learn it oh yeah you know that's how i felt i felt the same way like i got it and i was like oh my gosh this is really overwhelming but there's so much free material out there like free YouTubes yeah. and everything where it shows you what to do. And I had stages. Like I started off very basic and then I got into more stuff and then I got into more stuff. And like, you know, I, I think I mentioned this on Todd's podcast. If I look at pieces like last year. So every year I try to do a little project, um, like a main project. Last year I did Cryptid Zodiac. So I did the right. cryptids as the Zodiac. Um, I was happy with most of them. A couple of them, I was like, eh, they're okay. If I look back now on those and look back and look at my cryptid fae, like, I feel like I've, like, grown leaps and bounds. Like, right. the cryptid fae, I'm pretty much happy with 100%. Um, I feel like I just keep going. Like, the more I use procreate the better i get at it um yeah. so it's just to me it's like traditional like the more you work with it the better you become like right. you're always constantly evolving and changing um and with procreate something like digital art i don't think there's an end to it like with with regular medium like you can only do so much with oil paint you can only oh, do yeah. so much with acrylic paint i feel like the digital art like a, an app like procreate there's so much you could do and there's no end to it like it's, right. it's boundless um so yeah i mean i think it's more of like just using the program and getting into it um and just realizing it's not going to look like a masterpiece when you first open it up and try it <laughs> yeah the the first piece that i i did was coming up with with a new um logo for the the podcast, which we ended up not using. We ended up using the very first logo that, that Fox made. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we went back to that. But I, I, I did the sketch. Oh, it's messy. It's, yeah, I thought it looked like, you know. And, and Zach looked at it and he was like, um, how long did this take you? 
And I said, oh, it took me about an hour, you know. And to me, it looked like dog barf, you know. <laughs> that took me an hour. And he said, that's really good. He's like, no, you, you, you don't understand. You're such a perfectionist that you don't get that, you know, the first things that you do are going to look a little shaky. He's like, but you have the composition and the color, and I can tell that you're even fluid with the pencil. He was like, stop it. <laughs> stop being yeah. like weird on yourself. Curve. Stop it. Yep. And it's a learning curve. And yeah, it's like, and it's totally different from drawing on paper. Like you got the smooth surface, totally different from drawing on paper. And it's almost like you just got to get it right. Like you just got to get it to where you want you it. You got to get the feel. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And the good thing, and some people will consider this cheating. I don't consider it cheating at all. But in Procreate, there's like the stability for each of the brushes that you can modify. So in my early days of Procreate, I would have it bumped up to where I could like, it would basically steady me, but I was also getting the muscle memory of actually drawing steady. So oh, now okay. I bump the stability down back to where it was and I'm smoother with my lines because I practice with it. If right. that makes sense. Some people yeah. think, oh my God, that's not really drawn. Yes, it is. It's just another tool. Like yeah. we need to forget about what was drilled into our heads in art school. Um, yeah. Just as valid as other forms of medium. Um, and you don't get any better unless you practice. And for me, this was a way to practice. So Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense too. You know, I had uh, yeah, I had a teacher who I've never been to art school. Um, I I I actually had somebody who has a, a MFA in in art and drawing, and she said, "Don't go to art school. They'll they'll try to beat their ideas of art into you, and just don't." Just yeah, don't. I mean, it's, if you want to take required. If you want to take life drawing classes, that's cool, you know, if you know, or take some classes online or just, you know, watch YouTube and you can learn the bits that you need. Mm -hmm. She said, but you yep. the art school has this weird thing where they want to put their vision in you and you don't need that. And a lot nobody of times needs that. nobody needs it. And also <sighs> some of the biggest programs are abusive. Yeah. That's pretty um, much abusive. what she said. Um, my degree, two I have a two-year degree for graphic design and a two-year for art. They're associates. I do just fine. Um, but I know friends that went to like high, you know, fancy, fancy art schools. And by the time they were done, they didn't want to do it anymore. That's or exactly they were what happened the to her. As everybody else, because their professors were so crazy about it. Or, you yeah. know, spent their entire four years sleeping for two hours. Or, yeah. you know what I mean? It was just, like, crazy. It was, like, it's not meant to be like that. No. And I think that's a stereo. That's just feeding into the stereotype. Um, oh, yeah. That you have to suffer for exactly. art. Exactly. There's enough stereotype sty stereotyping going on for art now. Um, it has been for a very long time. We don't need to add to it. Um, yeah. Just like when I taught painting, people would be like, is this your real job? And I'm like, yes, it's my real job. And I don't think about you when I cash my checks. Like, you know, 
<laughs> don't come yeah. at me with that attitude because you know it's not going to work for me um but yeah like the suffering for your art the starving artist the you know starving artist is because people don't want to pay the artist that's it, what exactly. what that means that's exactly, what that because is. they don't value the work and like i said i think on todd's podcast you know people take for granted the creative arts like they don't realize that if we didn't exist everything would be white there would be no video games there would be no cars there would be no fancy boxes of cereal there would be no entertainment there would be no family guy there would be none of that there wouldn't yeah. be skyscrapers there wouldn't be there wouldn't be anybody because all of those are creative functions um mm -hmm. Most artists are freaking engineers because we got to figure our way out of a lot of different things. Yeah. I mean, people take for granted art. Yeah. Um, or they'll like go drop 20 bucks on a ticket to go see the, the latest like Marvel movie, but they won't, they expect their friend who's a portrait artist to do a portrait of their dog for free. You know? Yeah. So it's either like they don't respect it or it's misguided. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a very crazy, crazy thing. <laughs> I think and about it's it, weird. I'm just like, this is so weird. <laughs> yeah, it to me, it's weird. Because, okay, so when I first went back to doing art, which I didn't for from, like, high school on to, like, I was in my 20s, 25, 27, something like that, 28. Yeah. And then it was sporadic for years. Um, but when I first picked it back up about 2014 and said, I'm going to do this, oh, I was always like, oh, I can't draw really well. It's it's so hard to draw. You draw so well, Zach. He's like, I draw all the time. That's why. Yeah. You know, he's He is very demystifying. And he's he's one of those people that, that you know, is just very nonplussed. He just, he'll just tell you. <laughs> and um, I was, I was fetching about my my drawing and he said you know what your problem is your problem is is you don't understand that in the 17th 18th and 19th centuries everybody drew he said because you had to mm -hmm. because if you wanted to show somebody something that you saw or something that you've thought up in your mind you had to draw it because there weren't cameras method of He's communication like, it, yep yeah, he's like, it was visual communication. It was the only visual communication. He said, not everybody was Rembrandt or Leonardo. He was like, of course not. They, that's why they are special. He was like, but everybody can pick up a pencil and learn how to draw what their eyes see. You just have to train your hand to do what the eyes see. Yeah. And then you also have to decide once you get proficient at that, how your eye does your mind see differently than what your eye sees and then you stylize it he said that's all it is that's all it is that's all it is yeah that's all it is i mean he's right and so every time i've taught mixed media classes and and people are like oh i have to use the the stamps and the the stencils because i don't draw well i'm like no do the stamps and the stencils because they make it look different it gives it a pattern or it it bends and shapes what you're doing. I was like, if you feel like you can't draw, then you, of course you can't draw. Yeah. It's like, 
everybody, and then I always tell them what he told me. I was like, you know, 18th century, everybody drew. Mm-hmm. If you look at the notebooks of Lewis and Clark, there are no photographs because nope. there were no cameras. No, they made diagrams and sketches of what they were looking yeah. at. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I was like, it, and if they can carry pens and pencil, you know, charcoal and pencils and a notebook with them all the way to the Pacific Ocean, I, I think that you can too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I Probably mean, when I taught now. painting, yeah, when I taught painting, I was like, you know, there's people who never picked up a paintbrush, didn't even know to hold a paintbrush, and they ended up with something real nice afterwards, and they were just shocked. And I'm like, it's all in how you you do it and how you think about it. It's yeah. all shapes. It's just yeah. everything's made with shapes. Um, you know, we're all different. We all have different skills, but you know, I always tell people we're all creative in some way. Yeah. Playing guitar, baking, you know, drawing, anything like that. Yeah. So it, and it's it it seems freeing to me to be able to point that out to someone and they, you know, jump into it and they they feel so much better. I mean, I've taught classes that had actual professional artists in it. I'm like, oh my God, you should be teaching me. I, I, I. <laughs> but right. it was the mixed media part. You know, they were like, yeah. how do we, you know, and one of the ones was teaching jelly plate mono printing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this, this professional artist was totally like, I have no idea how this works. What it, how do you make it get like all layered like that and so that was that was what I was teaching her but you know there were people who are like oh she's such a good artist oh my goodness and I'm like right now she's she's at your level you're fine mm-hmm. everybody in here is fine yeah we're we're all fine here you know? we're our own worst enemies though when it comes to that we kind are of thing. so it's just I think it's society's done that to us yeah yeah so- Made us all perfectionists. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm much less of a perfectionist than I used to be, but it Oh me too. It's yeah. You have to get past it and then, you know, every now and then it'll still creep up like the evil in the back of your head. It'll come Mm -hmm. up and go, Ah, you suck. Right. And you have to go how this do all that. Yeah, like why are you even bothering? And then it's like, shut up. I got this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the the other thing I always say, there's always more paper. Yeah, there's always more paper. Um, I can I can always open up a new um canvas and procreate. I can always yep. paint over, you know, a stretched canvas and do it again. Yep. Like how many times there I've got a canvas that got painted four times. Yeah. Yeah. I like it now. <laughs> I have painted it the fourth time off and redone the canvas before. Or built yeah. a new frame. Like, I've done all that kind of thing. Because that's what you got to do. Yeah. Like, and if, if, if you don't like it, paint over it. If you don't like it, do another yeah. drawing. Flip the page over if it's really expensive paper. I, exactly. Um, I took cer- ceramics in school and college. And, man, that'll humble you real quick. It did. It did to me. I took a pottery class. Oh, yeah. my God. My hands weren't strong enough even... Mm-hmm. To, to do anything. Nope. And you'll throw, and especially on the wheel, you'll throw like the perfect mug and your instructor, you know, your professor will come over. Okay. Take this wire and cut it in half. <sighs> what? But it's perfect. Why? He, no, it's not perfect. Take it, cut it in half and see where you messed up. Or the kiln would 
kill things or it would we had a kiln. Yeah. yeah, we had a kiln explosion took out everything. We had a wood fire kiln like not get up to temperature once Damn. one night. You know, we've had them not like go got too hot and melted everything. You know, it if anybody yep. out there wants to be humbled in the craft, <laughs> take a pottery take class. Take ceramics. Yeah. <laughs> Mike my kid Fox has taken ceramics. He's been doing ceramics since he was a little kid um, because there was an art camp here in town mm-hmm. and they had pottery stuff. So they're like, hey, kids, we're going to do this. So he's been doing it forever. That's Now awesome. he's, he's, you know, making a, you know, neat things in, in pottery class. They let him do whatever now in school because they, they see that he has the ability and uh when i took the pottery class and i came home the first night and he he was all like so what happened what happened and i'm like i can't do it i was like physically my hands are not strong enough i can do sculpey because that squishes easier and i can model stuff in that but i can't use real clay has defeated me yeah, and I could tell. I I still went to class and tried, but I no, it had defeated me, and yeah. I knew it. And Zach was like, "Oh my God, there's an art you can't do. There's a medium you can't." <laughs> He's like, "I was like, yes, I am humbled. I yeah. I have Ceramics, found man. the thing. Every I found time. the thing that defeated me." And Morgana and Fox and Zach were just staring at me, going, "There is one thing you cannot do." Yeah. Whoa. Ceramics That's is cool. rough, man. Ceramics is oh, really it's, it's rough. It's hard on your skin too. Yep, yep. And slip stains everything it touches. And oh yeah, like yeah. it's like. But I had a good time. But yeah, if anybody wants to be humbled again, pottery class. Yep. yep. <laughs> I never have taken. Well, I never took pottery potters and and ceramics ceramic sculpture sculptor people for granted anyway but now i really don't like yeah somebody made this i'm going to drink out of it and i'm going to treat it gently even though this one's stoneware but still yeah somebody made it somebody made it um yeah um it's very and they make it look easy damn it yeah (laughs) yeah they do but then people think that about us like people look at your stuff and is like well that's but she makes it look so easy, not knowing that you had years. Um, yeah. With me, you know, oh, they make it look so easy. Well, if I wasn't drawing it on an iPad, I'd be drawing it on pen and paper. You know what I mean? So it's just like it's just yeah. years of practice. It's just, yeah. And same thing with the painting class. Like I'd be teaching people how to paint, and they get frustrated with themselves, and I would stop them. I would be like, okay, have you ever done this before? And they'd be like, no. There's your answer. Yeah. You've never done this before. So why are you being so hard on yourself? Yeah. So, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Like Yeah. Yeah, that that is arts. the thing about messy media is everybody feels like they're wasting paint or they're mm-hmm. wasting paper or ink or something. And I just always have to be like, no, 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 no. You have to do these things. Mm-hmm. You can paint over it if it turns out bleh. You know, you can, you can cut can put it into some little tiny pieces. It. It'll be fine. Yep, and yeah. use it for something else. Like, there's always a way. Yeah, Art, artists or engineers will figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I I think that's that's 
the best. That's my favorite part of teaching is that I can get people to hush that uh, that critic inside and oh yeah, and just keep going. Yep. No, I agree. And yeah, that's the best. So, how did? How do you feel about color? Do you, do you do you have color combinations that are particular to you? Do you you know what kind of color theory do you personally have? I'm not asking for the actual color theory, but your <laughs> color that somebody can go, "Oh, oh, Christina did that." Um or is it shapes that tell them? You know, I think For color, I, I try to do a lot of natural color mm-hmm. um, first, but then I always try to throw in like a little bit of different. Like if I'm doing all browns and greens, I may throw in lime green. Right. Um, like if I'm doing like, you know, like, fl- you know, like all greens and blues, I may throw in a purple or a pink. Right. Like I try to create like if I'm in procreate, I create like a palette ahead of time. And pick mm-hmm. from that palette and do different levels and different hues of every, uh, each one of those colors. Um, as far as like being able to tell if I did something, I think with the color, I change my mind on things so much with color. Like I just use what feels good at the, t- at the time for me. Um, mm-hmm. what, what goes with the feeling that I'm trying to convey. Like, you know, a lot of my stuff lately has been very green, like been very like leafs, you know, leafy and whatnot. But like... I'll also stick like little moons in there or, you know, my little creatures will have multiple eyeballs or anything like that. Um, I think there's a specific way that I draw eyes too. like my eyes are different. Um, The way they draw, I draw them. I don't know why they, I just always end up drawing them a certain way. And that's just where it's at. Um, I think that if you would ask me a year ago, the question would have been answered differently because I think I'm finally getting into like my style, so to speak. Right. Um, you know, more sketchy, you know, more textural and everything. Cause I love texture, but yeah, I mean, people tell me that they can tell when it's my work, but yeah, I mean, I can sort of tell, but right. I'm the one drawing it. So it's kind of like, it's not really fair. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. really, like, it's yeah. not... It's not a fair question for Yeah, you. it's not... I, yeah, like, the only thing I could tell you is, like, I'll pick a palette for each thing that I draw, and somewhere in there, you may not even be able to see it, there's going to be some sort of moon, some sort of little magical element that I stick in there. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have known how to answer my own question. So <laughs> there you go. I try. It, I try. You know, it, it would have been. It would have been. Well, I I like uh, contrasting colors a lot. I like you know complementary colors, and I like all the colors. That's the truth. <laughs> I like so, sticking colors together that nobody else would. Like yeah. if I stick color together with something else that traditionally people are like. That's not going to work. I'm like, this is this is fantastic. I'm using this. Like, yeah. it looks good to me, so therefore I'm using it. Right. Like, I always say, right. it doesn't have to match. It just has to go. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's, that's, that's exactly how I feel. I do use a lot of bright colors, but sometimes 
I will do more naturalistic colors. And then, like you said, that lime green sneaks in. Yeah. Or a really, you know, brilliant purple will just mm -hmm. slip in there and hang out. You know, uh, it'll put highlights in something that's a color that's, you know, I'm not going to use white highlights. I'll use something else. Yeah. Um, like I'm not hot pink. Yeah. Hot pink's a really good one. I love using hot pink for for either um, a highlight right next to a shadow or in like a deer, like you say, a, the color of a deer and then using the hot pink in the fur or yeah. something so that it, he sp it sparkles. It, it just gives it another dimension. Um, yeah. Like for the not deer fae, you know, a lot of it, I made it to look swampy. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a lot of browns and greens and everything, but the highlighting color is lime green. So I See, still use the green, but I use the lime green. Right. So it's kind of like, you know, I do I do things like that. Or I may do yeah. use a color that's not even in the green palette. Like I may use like a, a bright purple, but it still works. Yeah, yeah it so. does. Yeah, that's one of the things that I think non-artists don't really understand it has to do with recognizing color and understanding mm -hmm. that when you look at something like snow, snow isn't just white. No. It never is just white. Nope. In the brightest of sunlight, there's that makes all of the ice crystals like, you know, like diamonds just sparkle. And then people are like, well, how do you get that on your canvas? I'm like, well, it takes some work, you know, but yeah. you can't. Color. But then, but then color look at the shadows. Yep. The shadows are blue or purple or, you know, there's yellow shadows where, you know, the sun is so bright that even the shadows are kind of bright, you know, yeah. and, and people don't think about that. And then if you're looking at snow and there's trees, the bare trees, they're not just black or gray or brown. They yep, have got different levels. Yeah. And they, they, you just have to. Look for the color. That's that's the other thing I always tell people. Look for the color. My favorite is when somebody tries to draw a black animal. Like when we would be painting like a, a black cat in class, I'd be like, you know, we're going to use like blue and green and pink for highlights. And they're like, we're going to what? And it's, <laughs> yeah, that's we can do this. And gray, we can do all yeah. this. Like, because it's not. It's just the way it is. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. Oh. That, that is absolutely right. Although I have had a, another person look at me and go, you used to do mushrooms, didn't you? Because I can tell by your colors. I went, yeah, okay. Fair. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. All right. Mushrooms are you cool. You caught me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've drawn mushrooms uh, two times lately and I, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm liking them. Yeah. Oh, I, I love to do art with mushrooms they're so pretty they're so pretty to do well they're um, nobody really knows what they are they really yeah. don't know what they are are they animal are they plant like what are they they yeah. communicate underground with mycelium like how yep. how that's yeah. amazing to me yeah in fact they may be why we have life on earth at all exactly the plants may use them to communicate like something yeah, like dies trees. mushrooms grow on it and turns it back into the earth like it's just so yeah. many cool things we've officially hit the nerd um portion of this podcast 
Yes, um, we, we have. talk about <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have hit the nerd section. Um, so That's... on, yeah, in my cryptid fay for, um, Kentucky Goblin fay, I added mushrooms, magic mushrooms, because because people, well, there was a theory that these this family was exposed to foxfire mushrooms. And that's mm-hmm. why they saw these little people, these little creatures. Um, and then I most recently did a jackalope with mushrooms all over the place on its horns and everything. Um, but yeah, so I'm 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 liking the mushroom thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I've done a lot of a lot of mushroom paintings because they're so cool. They're so many shape. I mean, okay, yeah, generally it's an umbrella and a stem. Yeah. But there's so many variations on that. And there's so many colors. Some of them that you wouldn't even think of. Yeah. Like, you know, the blue ones that look like eyeballs from the top. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that's so cool. Or the that was ones actually that the grow out. Painted. Yes. Or the ones that grow out looking like uh, bloody fingers and stuff. Yes. Dead man's fingers. Yes. Oh my gosh. So amazing. Like, I would yeah. freak out. I'd be like, what I the know, hell is right? This? If I saw that, <laughs> like amazing, Nature's shaggy so cool. ink cap. The first time I saw it, freaked me out enough, and I and that's a very common mushroom in, in Appalachia, and I, I just had never seen it, and so yeah. I was like, "What is that? It's weird looking." I didn't, you know, so yeah, or the took first a picture time and is, looked it up. Yeah, or the first time you step on a poof ball. Like a, you know, a yeah. pump ball and it's before it's got its own little, like, before you can eat it, it, yeah. it spits out all these things and traumatizes you as a child because now you're yeah. covered and you're like, oh my God, it's going to eat my brain or something crazy yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to do it. Amazing. <laughs> well, they just, and they just do so many interesting things. Like they you do. said, they, they, I, I kind of think they're con, I mean, I'm an animist, so I think everything's conscious to to a certain extent. Oh, me too. You know, yeah. and talks to me, and yep. talks to each other, and talks to them, and yeah. So, but I sometimes sometimes I wonder about mushrooms. Like the grays kind of look like mushrooms to me. Like they're kind of grayish, and they're kind of they have that big head and then little limbs. And I was like, what if they're conscious mushrooms that can walk around? You know what's funny that you say that is I had that conversation with somebody once. Because they were like, are they, cre- you know, are they plants? Are they animals? I'm like, well, what if they're plants? Or mm-hmm. what if they're mushrooms? Mm-hmm. Like they're advanced mushrooms. Like there's some sort of like advanced stage mushrooms. And, you know, they communicate. They don't talk anymore. They use their brains. But what if their mycelium is so advanced that you can't see it anymore? Yeah. Like... Man, we got into that conversation. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, well, then they'd be, is it a hive mind? Are yep. they just connected? It would go with, you know, they speak psychically to people. Their mouths never move, you know, and all the stories. They just, mm-hmm. little, mm, yep. nothing nothing happening in there. Yep. Um, they don't have any obvious sex organs usually, you know. So what's 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 happening there? Hmm. So yeah, I I thought for you know a couple years now, I've been like, what what if they're what if they're just sentient mushrooms that decided to walk around? And yeah. No wonder they don't understand us, and we don't understand them because they're just working under somebody else's brain. Like maybe yeah. there's the head guy that's like, yeah. hey, 
go get Bob out of his bedroom. We need to test his <laughs> blood. Yeah. You know, it's, it, yeah. you know, or whatever. Like, I, you know, it makes you wonder, like, all these great mysteries of the planet. And, folks, that's why we're weird. <laughs> yep. <laughs> because we, have, we wondered we this answered stuff. the question. We love this of stuff why so we much. smell weird. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We love this stuff so much. <laughs> yes. Well, we've been talking for almost two hours. You got yes. anything else you want to say? Um, before uh, we go, and I want you to come back if you can, because oh, yeah, Morgana yeah, would sure. love you. Um, gosh, I guess like people out there, I mean, people who are weird get a lot of shit thrown at them, but like, keep being weird. Like, don't let people like talk you out of it. Like, keep yeah. doing your thing, you know, no matter how weird you think it is or people think it, it is, just keep doing it. Because I can guarantee yeah. you the people that are calling you weird are probably just as weird as you are. So Yeah, just in a different way. Yep. Or if they're not, they're, they're boring. So. Yeah. Yep. And <laughs> so. it's okay to have different opinions. Yes. And yes. Yeah, just keep on learning. Keep on improving. And everybody's creative. I don't care. Everybody's yep. creative. I I completely agree with that. So Make art. Be weird. Stay yep. weird. They weird. <laughs> well, thank you for coming to visit with me. Yeah. It was great to meet you. It was fun. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely come back on. We'll talk about mushrooms the next time. Yeah. Mushrooms Maybe we and Kentucky goblins. Well, that's all for this week's episode of the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. If you have any questions or thoughts about the podcast or would like to come and talk about your experiences of the paranormal, you can contact us at 6djk67 at gmail.com. We promise to even answer you, and we are always happy to hear from you. Thank you. Mm -hmm.